Blog Talk Radio. My name is Albert Lee Guillory and I'm the Senator for the 24th District right here in beautiful Louisiana. Recently I made what many are referring to as a bold decision to switch my party affiliation to the Republican Party. I wanted to take a moment to explain why I chose to become a Republican and also to explain why I don't think it was a bold decision at all. It is the right decision, not only for me but for all my brothers and sisters in the black community. You see, in recent history, the Democrat Party has created the illusion that their agenda and their policies are what's best for black people. Somehow it's been forgotten that the Republican Party was founded in 1854 as an abolitionist movement with one simple creed, that slavery is a violation of the rights of man. Frederick Douglass called Republicans the party of freedom and progress. And the first Republican president was Abraham Lincoln, the author of the Emancipation Proclamation. It was Republicans in Congress who authored the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments, giving former slaves citizenship, voting rights, and due process of law. The Democrats, on the other hand, were the party of Jim Crow. It was Democrats 
who defended the rights of slave owners. It was the Republican President Dwight Eisenhower who championed the Civil Rights Act of 1957. But it was the Democrats in the Senate who filibustered the bill. You see, at the heart of liberalism is the idea that only a great and powerful big government can be the benefactor of social justice for all Americans. But the left is only concerned with one thing, control. And they disguise this control as charity. Programs such as welfare, food stamps, these programs aren't designed to lift black Americans out of poverty. They were always intended as a mechanism for politicians to control the black community. The idea that blacks, or anyone for that matter, need the government to get ahead in life is despicable. And even more important, this idea is a failure. Our communities are just as poor as they have always been. Our schools continue to fail children. Our prisons are filled with young black men who should be at home, being fathers. Our self-initiative and our self-reliance have been sacrificed in exchange for allegiance to our overseers who control us by making us dependent on them. Sometime I wonder if the word freedom is tossed around so frequently in our society that it has become a cliché. The idea of freedom is complex and it's all-encompassing. It's the idea that the economy must remain free of government persuasion. It's the idea that the press must operate without government intrusion. And it's the idea that the emails and phone records of Americans should remain free from government search and seizure. It's the idea that parents must be the decision makers in regards to their children's education, not some government bureaucrat. But most importantly, it is the idea that the individual must be free to pursue his or her own happiness, free from government dependence and free from government control. Because to be truly free is to be reliant on no one other than the author of our destiny. These are the ideas at the core of the Republican Party, and it is why I am a Republican. So my brothers and sisters of the American community, please join with me today in abandoning the government plantation and the party of disappointment, so that we may all echo the words of one Republican leader who famously said, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Welcome. Welcome, folks, to another episode of the of the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. Hey, um, today's date is July, wow, July 10th. 2018, we're here in the United States of America on planet Earth, the third planet from the sun. And, uh, you know, earlier today, earlier today, I was labeled, yeah, well, you know, I've been labeled many things, but today, today I was labeled an Uncle Tom. Mm-hmm. I was labeled an Uncle Tom. It's not the first time that I've been labeled as such. 
a lot of a lot a lot of people consider um, an Uncle Tom to be an offensive term, frequently hurled at blacks who, such as myself, who openly identify as conservative. Although, if most black people read a book, just pick up a book, they'd understand the character to be anything but what they've been led to believe uh, and anything at all but I mean actually to call me an Uncle Tom is it's not a slur it's not even offensive read, read the, delve into the history of Uncle Tom it might might even spark a sense of pride. But here we go. So listen. I just want to start off by saying that, you know, in in the black community, there's an, an incredible incredibly strong and, and, and anti intellectualism. Among some within the black community. And you know this manifests itself into an outright hate. Hatred toward black conservatives. This shows through the rejection of decorated conservative black scholars in the National Museum of African American History in D.C. This disdain is built on the false and dated separatist dictum of the us versus them that remains as remnants of yesteryear. And in some cases, this flawed ideology has been passed down like an inheritance from one generation to another. Some blacks are seemingly taught as, as, as youngsters to hate white conservatives. And by matter of association, any blacks who identify as conservatives, you know what I'm talking about. But is it rooted in any knowledge of history? Yesterday we talked about the first black congressman. Not congressman, but congressman. Senator Revels, Republican, Mississippi. Representative Turner. Republican Alabama, Elliott, Republican South Carolina, Allen, Republican in Texas, Smalls, Republican from South Carolina, Walls, Republican from Florida, Kane, Republican from South Carolina, all elected between 1870 and 1875. But guess who was starting the KKK at that time? Anyone care to venture a guess? The Democrats. But radical Democrats propagate the myth of turncoat black conservatives to maintain black support while actually doing little to nothing to improve the lives of black people. Think of uh, places like uh, Detroit, Chicago, run by either liberal whites or liberal blacks. 
places are run down. Detroit in particular. Chicago, not as much. But Detroit is a model of liberal failure in the black community and every other community. Place is a mess. You'll find that most cities that have a liberal bent to it, liberal uh, um, power structure, liberal uh, uh, mayors, aldermen, and so on, governors, the states are a mess. Go to any Republican state, any Republican state. I'm talking about with Republican governors, Republican uh, senator, uh, Republican um, mayors. Not as nearly as bad as those run by Democrats. Hell, not bad at all. But despite a a very grand history within the GOP dating back to the era of Reconstruction. Blacks left the party in mass during the post-civil rights realignment, which birthed the notion, which may have been true, but has since become myth. It is taught that during the fight for equal equal rights, the Democrats shed magically shed their racist Dixiecrats who went on to join the GOP. This is this is the myth. This has been a strong factor in keeping most blacks firmly in the Democratic Party and away from the GOP ever since. This realignment is commonly thought to have taken place after the passage of the 1964 Civil Rights Act and was com- completed when President Reagan pulled what was left of the Dix- Dixiecrats into the Republican Party, during the American South, turning the American South firmly into the red column, pulling, pulling them firmly into the red column. However… However, the civil rights movement was far too momentous for even Southern conservatives to ignore. Everyone had to adopt to the new reality. Everybody. Think about it. We had Democratic senator, famed Democratic senator, and Klansman Robert Byrd But Byrd isn't talked about very much anymore, is he? Well, mostly because he's dead, but you know. Name a Republican. I, I dare anyone to name a Republican, any Republican at all. Let's try a senator or a congressman or a president. Any Republican at all who has ever 
who anyone can prove has ever been a member of the Ku Klux Klan. I I don't believe there anyone will ever find one. Any proof at all that any Republican has ever been a member of the Klan. And yet there are dozens and dozens and dozens of examples and, and, and a hell of a lot of proof of Democrats card carrying I don't know what that means. I don't know if they actually have cards or anything like that, but members. A lot it, like Bird it he admitted it. Many Democrats. Democrat governors. Democrat senators and congressmen. Proud. Proud Klansmen. Proud of their history as members of the Ku Klux Klan. And yet, our president, Donald John Trump, is labeled a racist and closely associated with the Klan. What do you think about all of that? You know, I, I have to hand it to the Democrats because they really pull the wool over not just blacks, but whites also. They really – the propaganda machine was in full effect convincing blacks that, no, we're, we're not racist. No, it's the, it's the Republicans who are racist. It's the Republicans who are associated with the Klan, not us. Oh, yeah, if you want to cite this or that, that's ancient history. We've since turned around. The tables have turned. It's not us anymore. It's not us. We didn't. No, no. Yeah, sure. We, uh, you know, we, we started the Klan, yeah. And we enacted Jim Crow laws. And all of those senators, congressmen, uh, judges, sheriffs, mayors, all those black folks who ascended and assimilated into the American culture in the 1870s, 1860s and 1870s. Yeah. You know, yeah, we did we did try to put the kibosh on all that. We did run them out of town. We enacted Jim Crow laws. We did all this. But you know what? We've changed. We're now for the black people. And it's those racist Republicans who are now your enemy. So vote with us, and we'll set you free. What was it that uh, <laughs> that clown Vice President Biden said? Unchain Wall Street. They're going to put y'all back in chains. They. Being the Republicans. The propaganda machine that the Democrats put in play have clearly hoodwinked the majority of the black population. 
Think about it. Tim Scott. Tim Scott is one of four black senators currently in the U.S. Senate. He represents the state of South Carolina, which is known for its historic racist past. Scott ran unopposed in the state primaries and was elected by a large margin over his opponent. But South Carolina was the first state to secede from the Union. In 1860. Ask yourself this. Why would secret racists who hate the idea of racial equality support in mass a black candidate? To add to it, not one of these secret racists thought to challenge him. Why would the same group of secret racists and arguably misogynists elect an Indian woman named Nikki Haley to run their state. Think about it. If you look to the South today, it's very clear that the so-called Dixiecrats who abandoned the Democrat Party out of fear of racial equality are too old to be relevant. They're either dead or too ignorant to be a serious threat to the black to black prosperity. There's this belief that conservatives nationwide are hidden racist. Hidden racist that dog whistle through policy and serve the interest of the Democrat Party more than the actual reality any of us live in. Today, the election of people of color by Southern conservatives is at odds with the commonly held myth of a massive population of secret racists conspiring against people of color within the GOP. Tim Scott, Nikki Haley are prime examples. South Carolina folks Think about it. But Democrats, I got to hand it to you. You guys, <laughs> man, you've got, you've got black people all over thinking that conservatives are the racist. Not you. That the racist history that has been whitewashed by you guys. The racist history of this great nation was all Republican conservatives doing when it's simply just the opposite. All right, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Is racism still a major problem in America? President Barack Obama certainly thinks so. He said that racism is in our DNA. Really? If racism is in our DNA, doesn't that mean it's immutable, unchangeable? But America has changed, and dramatically so. In 1960, 60% of Americans said they would never vote for a black president. Almost 50 years later, 
the black man who said racism is in America's DNA, was elected president, and four years later, re-elected. That's only the most obvious example of racial progress. There are many others. Take interracial marriage. As William H. Fry of the Brookings Institution wrote, sociologists have traditionally viewed multiracial marriage as a benchmark for the ultimate stage of assimilation of a particular group into society. Black-white marriages were still illegal in 16 states until 1967, and a 1958 Gallup poll found that only 4% of Americans approved of black-white marriages. Today, that number is 87%. In 1960, of all marriages by blacks, only 1.7% were black-white. Today, it's 12% and rising. Now, what about racial profiling and abuse of blacks by police? Doesn't that prove that racism remains a major problem? In the summer of 2014, Ferguson, Missouri became ground zero for this accusation when a white policeman shot and killed an unarmed black teenager. While a Department of Justice investigation of the incident cleared the officer of any wrongdoing, it did accuse the city's police department of racial bias. But what was the Justice Department's report's most headline-grabbing stat? The gap between the percentage of blacks living in Ferguson, 67%, and the percentage of those stopped by police for traffic violations who are black, 85%, an 18-point discrepancy. Racism, right? Not so fast. Blacks comprise 25% of New York City, but account for 55% of those stopped for traffic offenses, a 30-point discrepancy, far bigger than that of Ferguson. Why isn't the NYPD a department that is now majority-minority considered even more institutionally racist than the Ferguson PD? The answer is you cannot have an honest discussion about police conduct without an honest discussion of black crime. Though blacks are 13% of the population, they commit 50% of the nation's homicides. And almost always the victim is another black person, just as most white homicides are against other whites. In 2012, according to the Center for Disease Control, police killed 123 blacks while, by the way, killing over twice that many whites. But that same year, blacks killed over 6,000 people, again, mostly other blacks. What about traffic stops? Unlike when responding to dispatch calls, police officers exercise more discretion when it comes to traffic stops. Therefore, racist cops can have a field day when it comes to traffic stops, right? Actually, no. The National Institute of Justice is the research agency of the Department of Justice. In 2013, the National Institute of Justice published a study called Race, Trust, and Police Legitimacy. Three out of four black drivers admitted that they were stopped by the police for a legitimate reason. Blacks, compared to whites, were on average more likely to commit speeding and other traffic offenses. The Institute wrote, seatbelt usage is chronically lower among black drivers. If a law enforcement agency aggressively enforces seatbelt violations, police will stop more black drivers. The NIJ's conclusion, these numerical disparities result from differences in offending. In other words, not because of racism. Similarly, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration also found that blacks violate traffic laws 
at higher rates than whites. In every offense, whether it's driving without a license, not wearing a seat belt, not using a child safety seat, or speeding. Is there still racism in America? Of course there is. But racism is not in America's DNA. Recent history and a lot of research and data prove it. As liberal Harvard sociologist Orlando Patterson said, America is now the least racist white majority society in the world, has a better record of legal protections of minorities than any other society, white or black, offers more opportunities to a greater number of black persons than any other society, including all of those of Africa. Patterson, by the way, is black. I'm Larry Elder for Prager University. To subscribe to our YouTube channel, click here. To help keep our videos free, donate here. I remember America. Sure, you can still find it on a map, but nobody older than 20 thinks this is America. Even if coordinates are the same, we've lost our compass. You don't have a direction without reference, the true north. For America, it was liberty. When we lost the love of liberty, our understanding of liberty, it was just a matter of time before the rest of it was lost. Some think it started when the auto companies were nationalized, or the police state to control the internet, or when certain companies couldn't fail because their relationship with politicians made them too big to fail, and the rest of us, without political influence, were too small to succeed. Sure, that all happened pretty quickly. There were just a couple of years, but liberty had been gradually devolving for decades. Some of the more astute, like Ayn Rand, saw it about 50 years before others. She warned us. But people didn't believe it could happen here until it did. Laws had been used to loot productive individuals and businesses, but in the new millennium, under Bush and Obama, graft, corruption, and crony capitalism were no longer hidden behind closed doors. The looters and their laws came out of hiding like rabid animals that were no longer afraid of humans. It was brought into the spotlight, and it was celebrated as enlightened economic policy. Ayn Rand asked the question and Atlas Shrugged that the rest of us were asking 60 years later. Which failing financial institution will the administration pluck from the flames of crisis? And which will it let roast? Which market or investment technique will the regulators bless? And which, in a capricious change of rules, will it condemn or outlaw? As John Galt said in his radio address, You decided you had a right to your wages, but we had no right to our profits. You called it selfish and cruel that men should trade value for value. Now established an unselfish society where they trade extortion for extortion. People who had never produced or managed anything tried to manage every aspect of our lives, and they brought production to a standstill. And eventually, they decided to micromanage the food supply in the name of fairness and safety. And we all know what happened then. Fiction can be a powerful influence for good or bad. It's too bad more people didn't read Atlas Shrugged. They might have realized where this was heading. Welcome back, folks, to the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. Let's take a moment to examine the history, the racist history of the Democrat Party. Let's, in yesterday's show, we went over some of the history, but because we didn't have enough time, 
because the racist history of the Democrat Party is so extensive. We're going to pick up where we left off yesterday because I believe it's important to know our history. As it's been said to me on numerous occasions in political discussions with other black men and women when I'm told that I need to know my history. You need to realize where you came from, brother. You are a sellout. You are an Uncle Tom. Of course, no sane person who would dare say those words to my face. So, I rarely hear that sort of thing in person. I'm usually called an Uncle Tom or a sellout from a great distance. So, but I but I still I, I do hear it from time to time. Most recently. So since I'm a sellout and an Uncle Tom and I need to know my history. Well, let's take a look. Because history reveals, as was stated yesterday, that the Republican Party was formed in 1854 for the express purpose of abolishing slavery and to challenge other racist legislative acts initiated by the Democrat Party. So let's let's learn my let me learn my history here. And and while I'm learning my history, I need to know my history they said. Let me teach you a few things. During the Senate debate on the Ku Klux Klan Act of 1871, it was revealed that members of the Democrat Party formed many terrorist organizations like the Klan to murder and intimidate black voters. The Ku Klux Klan Act was a bill introduced by a Republican Congress to stop Klan activity. I need to know my history, they said. So let's go further. Let's dig deep now. Senate debates revealed that the Klan was the terrorist arm of the Democrat Party. My brother, you are a Democrat, right? You are a Democrat, my brother, who's telling me I need to know my history. I'm a sellout. It seems to me, brother, that you're the one who sold out. But let's let's continue. History reveals that Democrats lynched, burned, mutilated, and murdered thousands of blacks and completely destroyed entire towns and communities occupied by middle-class blacks, including Rosewood, 
There's a pretty good movie made about it. It's Darn Thing Rhymes not so long ago. Rosewood, Florida. Look it up. And what about the the Greenwood District in Oklahoma, Tulsa, and Wilmington, North Carolina? Towns destroyed and decimated by the Klan. An arm of what? The Democrat Party, baby. You heard me. So, you blacks out there, you, you liberal blacks, you progressives, who tell me, don't you know you black, brother? You black, they say. You need to learn your history, brother. All right, let's let's learn some more of my history. After the Civil War, Democrats murdered several hundred black elected officials. You heard me? So come on with me. Come on with a brother and learn our history. Mr. Brother Democrat, whose mama was a Democrat, and who told you you are a Democrat. So how does it feel, my brother, my sister, all you liberal black folks out there who claim the Democrat Party as your own? Because this wasn't all that far. This wasn't all that long ago. Now, a lot of you millennials, your mamas weren't born then. But anybody who's even close to my age, guess what? Your mama lived through a lot of the Jim Crow laws that were still in effect. Initiated. Foster. All right. Had some technical difficulties. We are back. All right, so where were we? Yeah, we were talking about um, my brothers and sisters who embrace the Democrat Party and who say to me that I need to learn my history. Well, history reveals that it was Thaddeus Stevens, Radical Republican that introduced legislation to give African Americans the so-called 40 acres and a mule. And Democrats overwhelmingly voted against the bill. Today, many white Democrats are opposed to paying African Americans or blacks trillions of dollars in reparation pay. Money that should be paid by the Democrat Party. History reveals it was abolitionist and Republican, radical Republicans such as Henry L. L. Morehouse and General Oliver Howard that started many of the traditional black colleges, while Democrats fought to keep them closed. Many of our 
traditional black colleges are named after white Republicans. You heard me? Mr. I need to know my history. Miss, I'm a sellout. Miss, don't you know you black? Well, did y'all know that Henry L. Morehouse, Morehouse College in Atlanta is named after a white Republican? Hmm? <laughs> Knowledge is a powerful thing, baby. So, the next time one of you so-called educated Negroes who thinks you, you tuned in, you know your history, you know where you came from, and you a proud black liberal, and you support the Democrat Party wholeheartedly, you cried like a baby when Hillary lost. And you are angry right now because Donald John Trump is president and a Republican. Think about it. Next time one of you, your your children want to go to Morehouse and study with other blacks in a virtually black college, historically black college, remember that Henry L. Morehouse and General Oliver Howard, i.e. Howard University, well, those folks are white and Republican. They're the ones who started those schools that y'all want to attend so much, so proud. I attended Morehouse. I I attended Howard. Third-rate schools compared to where I went, but hell... He's still proud. Where'd you go to school? I attended Morehouse. Hey, hey, brother, where'd you go to school? I attended Howard. White folks started those schools. Worse for you, white Republicans. Yeah. So let's learn our history. Congressional records show it was Democrats that strongly opposed the passages of the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments, black folks. These three amendments were introduced by Republicans to abolish slavery, give citizenship to all African Americans born in the United States, and give blacks the right to vote. Republicans introduced and passed all of this. Democrats oppose. Learn your history, my brother. Congressional records also show that Democrats were opposed to passing the following laws that were introduced not by Democrats but by Republicans, to achieve civil rights for African Americans, i.e. black folks, Negroes, colored people, what have you. And let's run down the list real quick. 
Civil Rights Act of 1866. Republican. Reconstruction Act of 1867. Republican. Freedmen Bureau Extension Act of 1866. Republican. Enforcement Act of 1870. Republican. Force Act of 1871. Republican. Ku Klux Klan Act of 1871. Republican. Civil Rights Act of 1875. Republican. Civil Rights Act of 1957. Republican. And contrary to popular belief, the Democrats have hoodwinked. You've been led astray. You've been bamboozled. You didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on your black ass in the form of propaganda that you still follow religiously. The Civil Rights Act of 1960. Republican baby. Mm -hmm. Pick up a book, Negro. And during the 60s, during the 1960s, many Democrats fought hard to defeat the 1964 Civil Rights Act, the 1965 Voting Rights Act, the 1972 Equal Employment Opportunity Act, all Republican. Court records show that it was the Democrats that supported the Dred Scott decision. The decision was classified the decision classified blacks and property as property rather than people. Democrats. It was also the racist Jim Crow the Jim Crow practices initiated by Democrats that brought about the two landmark cases of Plessy versus Ferguson and Brown versus Board of Education. Did you so call educated Negroes from Morehouse and Howard know any of this? Or are you just are you just ignorant? See, I find it hard to believe that a lot of blacks don't know this stuff. I mean, how could you not? If you studied history in any way at all, if, you, if you're inquisitive, if you're picking up a book, you know this stuff. I, but maybe I'm giving too much credit to my black brothers and sisters. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm just hopeful that there are a lot more educated black men and women out there. And I mean educated in terms of their history. Is it too much to hope that there are blacks out there who know their history like I know my history? Is it too much to ask for? Because I can go on and on and on all night long. All night long, baby, about the racist history of the Democrat Party. And to this day,
that history continues. Think about it. Welfare. The WIC program. When Nancy Pelosi said that President Trump's tax cuts were just crumbs to the American people, think about the crumbs a young black mother who's struggling with three kids, all three out of wedlock, three different daddies in some cases. She goes and she'll get maybe 150 per child for a month. Then she'll get some WIC stuff if she's got one under two years old. That means some, some government cheese, or she can just buy the cheese from Kroger, I guess. Milk, cheese, that kind of stuff. But is it enough to live on? No. No. It's just enough to bait the hook so that Democrats can say, you see, we use Democrats. We Democrats have changed our stripes. We're looking out for you Negroes. We're trying to help you. We care about you. We care about you. We want to give you give you some stuff because we know you're struggling. We know how hard it is. Oh, and by the way, did you fill out this voter registration card? Are you able to vote? Do you convict a felon? Because if you're not a convicted felon, nigger, go ahead and fill this voter registration form out. Don't you worry about it. I'll take it in. I'll turn it in for you. You ain't got to worry about it because I know you ain't got no car. Got no means of transportation. I'll just drive it over and drop it in the box for you. Thank you very much. Oh, and I hope I hope you do okay with this public housing. Are you going to be all right? Get yourself a color TV. Some FUBU. And... This $400 a month for these three kids and you, you're going to be all right. Keep in mind, though, it's me, Mr. Democrat, Congressman, Mr. Democrat, Senator. This is me doing this for you. And ain't no dang Republican helping you out. We're going to help you out. We're going to give your black ass just enough to get by so you'll have just enough strength in your bony little fingers to fill out this voter registration card and just keep it coming. And we'll keep it coming for you. That is what the Republic, the Democrat Party is all about, folks. Midnight basketball, programs that are meaningless, welfare, free stuff. We're going to look out for you. We're going to take care of you. Those mean old Republicans, they don't care about you. But we care. We care. And so because the Democrats care so much, somehow blacks have been led to believe 
that, well, Democrats aren't really all that bad after all. They're not racist. But why aren't the Republicans offering me all these free stuff, all these free goodies? Why are Republicans saying I need to go out and get a job? I need to work for what I what I want out of life. I need to put forth effort. Don't they know that my great-great-granddaddy suffered through slavery? And as a result, I can't read or write or do arithmetic? Why don't they care about me? The Democrats care about me. So I'm going to vote Democrat, and I'm going to keep on voting Democrat. And when my little youngins get old enough, they're going to vote Democrat too. Because Democrats care about us. And folks, that's why many blacks are, many blacks are Democrats. That's why. I want to thank you for listening to the Dr. C. Robert Jones show tonight. There are many things you could be doing, and you've taken the time to listen to my show, and I do so appreciate it. My show's a pretty big hit, and I'm pretty proud of it. Thank you so much. And it's all its all as a result of, you know, you're tuning in or downloading the show. You can find the show on um, on Spreaker Radio, on Live 365, on uh, uh and you, you can download uh, episodes on iTunes and uh, listen and download episodes from blogtalkradio.com. So please do tune in, download the show, listen to the show, support the show. Thank you so much. We've been on since 2010, so that's a pretty long time. And I'm really enjoying uh, uh, being with you folks in, in this way. So thank you very much for listening. Hey, we'll be back tomorrow. Y'all have a fantastic night. God bless you and God bless the United States of America. We are out.
Way up above the chimney tops That's where you find I know somewhere The rainbow The bluebird Birds fly Oh.